go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, August the 30th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and on Wednesdays, we've been trying to take a look at the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 23, beginning with verse 26. It's entitled, Advice from Your Father. Now, I just want to say a couple of words about Solomon being the individual who is addressing his son. This is in equality to what Genesis says, that part of the message of God to Adam and Eve was that Adam would be the head of the household. It's not that Eve does not contribute to the bringing up of children. In fact, I had a congregation where I had a number of single mothers. Their husbands had either died or left them, or they were had been pregnant out of wedlock, and they would come to church, they would bring their children to church, but it was difficult uh, without a father. As we said some time ago, the biggest problem in the black community is fatherlessness. Over 70% of children just in Chicago do not have fathers. And that makes a huge difference. So the way God has it, is that he is at the top, God the Father. Who obeys him? God the Son. And who obeys him? The Father in the household. And who obeys him? The mother. But the mother doesn't obey him in everything he says but only when it is a biblical point of view. For example, if they have a child, then the father should make sure that there is a baptism. But a lot of times, the mother is already making arrangements for it because as a Christian, she knows how important it is. I've said this many a time that Though we've been married over 50 years, I don't ever remember a time that I used a biblical passage to teach my wife what to do. She, being a Christian, knows those things. Now, there's a lot of times I ask her to do things, and for one reason or another, she may not do it because she has a higher item to do, or she doesn't have the time, and that's fine. She does not have to obey the husband in all that he does. But it's important to realize that Solomon recognizes that the husband is the one who is to properly and primarily give advice to his son. So verse 25 begins, My son, 
Give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Now, what is Solomon saying here? That he wants his son to follow his ways. And that should be also God's ways. So we need to recognize that when Solomon is talking to his son, it's really God the Father also talking to every one of us. Now, there were two big problems with young people in Solomon's day. One of them is they would look at women with lust in their hearts. Remember Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Even if you look at a woman with fornication or adultery in your heart, that is a sin because sins occur by thought, word, as well as by deed. The other problem was one with alcohol in that day. And so this chapter 22, beginning with verse 26, I'm sorry, chapter 23, beginning with verse 27, talks about women and then drink. Let's look at women, 27. For a prostitute is a deep pit, and adulteress is a narrow well. Now, what's Solomon saying by the power of the Holy Spirit? You fool around with a prostitute or with a strange woman. That's really the original Hebrew in verse 27. A strange woman would be someone with whom you are not married. Even though you are married, you fool around with a strange woman. That would be an adulteress. And it's like being placed in a deep pit, a narrow well, which you cannot extricate yourself. Uh, by the way, this happened to some of the prophets. Jeremiah was put in a, a deep pit, and they wanted to put him to death. But God, of course, rescued him. But fooling around with a woman is like being put in a dip, deep pit or a narrow well. Why? Verse 28, she lies in wait like a robber and increases the traitors among mankind. What is that talking about? Well, it may look like she's enticing and kind, etc., but a prostitute or an adulteress is like a robber. They're going to steal from you and they're going to make you a traitor among mankind. How are you a traitor? If it's adultery, it would be a traitor against your wife. 
And if it's just fornication, that's between two unmarried people, it would be a traitor to God himself. Both of them are being traitors because even though you be disobeying what's called the sixth commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, it is also disobedience against the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And it, it kind of reminds you of Peter. Jesus had told the disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem to be crucified, but he would rise again from the dead in three days. Well, Peter says, no, we'll protect you. That will not happen to you. And what did Jesus have to say against Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. And why did he say that? Because you're thinking more of the world than you are of the kingdom of God in heaven. That means you have become a traitor to God himself. So in verse 29, who has woe? That means who has troubles? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Now, what God is saying is whether you are a believer or an unbeliever, you still have troubles and sorrows and strife and complaining. You may even have wounds without a cause, which means you get a wound and there's no reason for it. Uh, for example, after I had some surgery on my foot, I got a wound on the upper part of the leg uh, away from the foot. And no doctor has been able to explain how that wound came about. It was without cause, for no reason. I've been dealing with it for a year right now. It's getting a lot better. But we all have wounds without cause. Sometimes we have wounds with cause, as because we sin and deserve a negative response. But what does it mean? Who has redness of eyes? Another way of translating that verse 29, who has glazed eyes? Now, a lot of times, you just have to keep reading the text, and it will explain what it's talking about. So after who has redness of eyes, verse 30, those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine. Now, there was a way in Solomon's day and Jesus' day 
where wine was mixed in such a way that its purpose was to intoxicate a person. And God, through Solomon, is warning his son, don't tarry long over wine or go to try to mix mixed wine because 31, do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. Now, I imagine for some people, liquor, various types, do go down smoothly. But of course, what a result occurs when they become intoxicated. It was very interesting watching a YouTube about in one day, almost 100 people die in the United States from intoxicated drivers in a car. They either have head-on smashes or they run over people, but on a particular day that they went over, almost 100 people died from drinking too much wine. And that's why verse 32 is important. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. An adder is a venomous viper, a snake. And that's not just when you have one glass of wine, but when you tarry long over wine, according to verse 30, when wine becomes a way of escaping from your problems, from your woe, your sorrow, your strife, what you're complaining about, your wounds, you have redness of eye. In fact, verse 33 continues, your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. Yes. Have you ever had a, say, a fender accident with someone who is drunk and you get out of the car and boy, he begins to talk that you are the one at fault and his heart will utter perverse things. Or if you are drunk, your eyes will see strange things because you will not be able to focus properly. In fact, verse 34 again uses another metaphor to show us the danger of drinking. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea. So that means you're on a boat. Like one who lies on the top of a mast. Now the word mast is the rigging that kind of keeps a boat together. And you will be like tied up in the mast, unable to move being under the pressure of drinking, 
rather than of your clear sense. And verse 36, you will say, they struck me, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. Haven't you heard that from alcoholics? Oh, I can drink. I can handle it. I will not be hurt. And then the rest of verse 35. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. This is an addiction. And in our day, we can also include not only women, not only drinking, but also drugs. It, it really does amaze me how many people want to have a drug. They knew it's going to, they know it's going to change their personality. They know they can get addicted to it. They know that they're going to need more of it. And they know that at times it will cause them to steal, etc. In fact, not long ago, we had the wife of a Lutheran church, Missouri Synod pastor, commit suicide. Why? Well, not only had she been on drugs, but she had taken the money her husband and her had a bank account for the education of their children in college and spent it on gambling. So I'm not opposed to gamble, to do buy a lottery ticket, but you don't do it to the point where it sparkles or you tarry long over it. You should have a budget. For example, I won't go to a baseball game because it costs way too much money, not only to get into it, but to buy popcorn. So that's what we've decided. But you may feel, no, I want to go to a baseball game or I want to take a chance at gambling. When my mother would come to town, we would go to the gambling boats because the meals there were under $10 and it was all you could eat. And then she would give each of us $5 to spend in gambling. But when that was gone, gambling was over. So going on with Proverbs 24, verse 1. Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Now, what are evil men? In the scriptures, in the book of Proverbs, evil men means unbelievers. And yet we can be envious of them. Maybe it's because of how they do their business and they cut corners, but they end up with nice cars, nice houses, a lot of possessions. And we become envious of them and we desire to be with them. But why does God warn us against that? 
It's the very next verse. For their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. So this is why you should not associate with unrepentant sinners who are doing sins all the time to gain prosperity or get a reputation of being a rich person. Because many people have the idea that the Pharisees had, that if you are rich on this earth, it is because God is commending you and rewarding you. That's nowhere found in the Bible. Many rich people, including Solomon, even fall from the faith as Solomon had many wives and allowed them to build pagan worship centers. That's what it means that the evil men devise violence in their hearts and their lips talk of trouble. Well, what is a substitute for that? According to God, verse 3 of chapter 24 of Proverbs, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Now, in those two verses, you have these three words, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. In the book of Proverbs and throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, those words are always connected to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, which is the wisdom of Jesus Christ, comes when you are baptized and receive the gift of faith and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your house is built, and we're not talking about a concrete house. We're talking about a home with a family who has understanding, which is another word for how to live a proper life. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. That's why every child that is born needs to be trained in the way of God because they're born with original sin and they really don't want to listen to anybody. They think they know what is right and they want to become independent from anyone's orders. But a proper parent will help raise them in the ways of God so they will have proper wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which means their rooms will be filled with precious and pleasant riches. Verse 5, a wise man is full of strength. Now, 
that word wise again from the word wisdom refers to one who follows the will of Jesus Christ. That's found a number of times in the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament. As on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Father said, listen to him. A wise man is full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. Now, when you enhance your might, you become strong. And it seems like it's talking about a war that you are under. And that becomes true in verse 6. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. What war? Well, it's a war against the devil, the world, and your own flesh. And as you grow in the wisdom of the Lord, you are able to be full of strength and can wage war against the temptations of Satan. In the last part of verse 6, and many advisors bring victory. That is a very important guidance from God. When I first became a pastor, boy, for the first five years, I had a number of situations. I didn't know what to do, but I would call Pastor Walter Hoffman, who had been my, well, seminarian. I was assigned to his church for three years, and I would ask him questions, and he would give wonderful answers, and I would follow his advice, and things would work out when I was beset with problems in the congregation. So Proverbs 23 and part of 24 are wonderful with God's advice to each of us as to how to have a house filled with precious and pleasant riches. Join us tomorrow when we continue with Law and Gospel. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.